You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's session is called Communicating Your Value. This is about being clear on the value that you offer as a business owner so that you can turn potential clients into paying clients and feel good about your own value within yourself. I wanted to make this episode because so many of the student coaches I work with lack confidence in themselves and they find excuses and reasons not to put themselves out there and then they get further and further distanced from the skills that they've learned which means then they don't actually coach they lose touch with those skills and it's really a tragedy I think and an injustice to the world if you're good at something if you're good at coaching particularly you have so much value to offer that method and that modality is really powerful and it's almost I feel an injustice that you're not putting yourself out there to help so many people who need it so I want to talk about how this comes up and three things that you can do to really get clear on the value of what you do I want to start by talking about going from a job to becoming a business owner because I think that's part of the issue. In my 25 plus years as a business owner, I've interviewed around 50 people for various roles. And a question that I would ask in an interview context is something like, what's the value that you think you bring to this company? And I was reflecting on this recently after conducting an interview, and it was amazing reflecting on that experience in my past about how many people can't answer that question clearly or directly. You often ask people what their value is and they stumble over it or they tell you a really, really, really long story about all of the things that they've done, which tells me it's clear that they're not, they're not clearly understanding their own strengths and value. And in an employer perspective, it makes me wonder whether the person I'm, I'm interviewing truly understands the company and what's required and it also tells me that the person I'm interviewing doesn't have much awareness or acknowledgement of their own skills and strengths and what they have to offer. In contrast I've in interviewed a few people who have clearly been able to tell me what they're good at, what they like and what value they can bring to a business because of those things. I think when you're in a job, you tend to just do your job every day and run at the mill and often there isn't a lot of recognition or congratulation around what you do or the value of it. And that's a shame. But now that you're no longer in a job or you're getting ready to step into working in your own business, your ability to answer this question becomes way more important. Being able to communicate your value is so important when you're trying to create new clients more specifically. Why? Well, one of the first things that a prospective client is going to ask themselves is, why would I want to work with that person? You probably have done this yourself. You've been out and looked around at buying a particular service from somebody. You thought, yeah, I'm not sure. Who should I buy from? And you have your own criteria for making that choice. It may not be about their qualifications or experience. There may be other things, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. A lot of new coaches approach those questions, why should I work with you, what's your value, 
with fear or self-doubt and that's often born from the simple lack of experience or maybe because they haven't specifically figured out how they help people yet or who those people are or they haven't had enough client success stories to believe in what they do or that they can do it well enough. Does that sound familiar? Well, if so, I want to talk to you now about communicating the value that you offer in a few different ways of thinking about it differently and coming up with some tangible things to say to people when this comes up in conversation. I think to communicate your value really well, you have to know yourself well. You have to be aware of your relevant skills and strengths and also what the person that you're talking to sees as valuable what they want to get out of working with you and although this is a bit of a side conversation I want to mention it here the reason that you target a niche is because somebody has a specific problem that they want to solve as part of that niche that's what a niche is it's a type of person with a particular problem and if you can speak directly to that problem they're going to be way more interested and see way more value in working with you than if you were general or vague. Think of it this way. If you broke your arm or had a disease, would you go to a doctor or would you go to a specialist? I'm going to bet you would choose a specialist, right, because they're the more qualified or more realistic way to get the answer and to get it done quickly. So I just want to say right now that being a specialist is exactly the same thing as having a niche. They're the same thing. And I've done an earlier podcast on this. Hopefully right now you're starting to get excited about the thought of creating a value statement for yourself to help you feel more confident about putting yourself out there. So let's take a look at some steps that you can go through to work these things out so that you can really communicate a clear value proposition to anyone that's thinking about working with you so that you can say it with confidence and ease. I invite you to write a few notes after you've listened to this episode or while you're listening, and obviously not while you're driving or walking, but when you get home in these three areas and then distill them into a few concise sentences that give you more clarity and a better description of what you do and the value of working with you. If you follow these steps, you'll get more clarity in your own mind, you'll be able to speak and communicate that more clearly to others and you'll feel more confident about your value. Also, you'll be able to close way more sales conversations than you did before because you'll have this clear picture in your mind and you'll be feeling better about yourself and your skills. Hopefully, I've convinced you now that this is worth it and it truly is because so many people get to the stumbling block of lack of experience or confidence and they let fear get in the way and they give up. And I don't want that to happen for you. The world needs good coaches. And every good coach starts as a beginner. Just remember that. Every good coach starts as a beginner. And they have to go through these hurdles, these growing pains. Now, here are the three things you can do. The first one is to think about your skills. Everybody in the world, well, up to a certain age, from a certain age onward, has past skills and experience that are truly valuable and transferable to the coaching world. So even if you've come from another profession, I guarantee you that you have relevant and transferable skills and experience. 
So think about the things that you're good at and that you are known for, that you might have acquired through a job that are going to help people in a coaching context. For example, if you've come from an accounting or finance background or project management or something like that, then you're going to be really good at helping people to set very specific and actionable goals and to make plans for implementing those goals, which is obviously the key to getting results. People who come from numbers and project management backgrounds tend to be very organised and very good at structure. And let's face it, at the simplest level, one of the key reasons why people struggle to save money or lose weight or achieve any of their goals, be consistent, is that they're not very good at planning and measuring success. They give up too easily and they feel overwhelmed. So think about the value that you might bring if you have those sorts of skills. You're going to be very valuable to somebody who's struggling to make plans or set boundaries or be consistent with taking action or being accountable. You're going to bring the value of structure and removing chaos, which are huge obstacles to people's success. That is the lack of structure is an obstacle. So that's one example. And here's another. Let's say you come from a human resources or a hospitality or one of those sorts of roles, or even a managerial role where you're running a team, you're probably going to have very good listening skills. You're used to listening to the audience, the people that you work with. Maybe you have good questioning skills and a great way of helping people to feel heard and calm and supported. Maybe you're really great at helping people to feel positive and uplifted if you come from a hospitality role, or to feel calm and heard if you come from an HR role. So thinking of those sorts of job roles, there are some incredibly valuable skills there for someone who doesn't have much support in their life. And think about it, there are so many people that aren't feeling supported at home and support is the critical thing to help them find the confidence to take action. Or maybe they feel pressured by others or confused about themselves. You might bring the value of clarity, acknowledgement and support to those people. And lack of confidence is a huge barrier to taking steps to making change. So if you come from one of those professions, your touchy-feely skills, your ability to be there with people and help them feel heard and build confidence is really, really powerful. I'm sure there are many other examples out there, but the message is simply this. You have a past career that has endowed you with many skills and some of those are very valuable in a coaching context. One other thing to think about is this. Let's say you've just graduated from coach training school. You're not very experienced. It doesn't matter. There are probably some doing or being skills that you're very good at. I say this as an experienced coach trainer and assessor. I've been doing it for 11 years, coach training and assessing. And when I'm working with students, I often see some early signs that somebody's going to be very strong in a particular area, whether that be summary reflections that help people to feel heard, being good at asking really probing questions and thought-provoking questions that help people get unstuck and create aha moments. Or maybe they're very good listeners or reframers that help people to feel heard and acknowledged so that they can overcome the roadblocks that are holding them up. 
So even in the coaching context, I encourage you to think about your strengths in that area and remember that they are very valuable to your audience too, even if you don't have a lot of experience. So I've talked a lot about work skills and experience. I wanted to also talk about life experience as a second way to think about the value that you bring to a client. If you've been on any kind of a health and wellness journey yourself and experienced the pain and challenge and the growth of that journey, then that's going to be highly valuable to someone who's a few steps behind you. And just a caveat here, even if you haven't had a health and wellness journey, but you've had other challenges in life around work or kids or anything else, people who are like you are going to resonate that. And that's one of the two reasons why life experience is so valuable. As the saying goes, people tend to buy from those who are similar to themselves. An example I have is that a couple of years ago, I had someone wanting to coach around anxiety, but they specifically said they would like to work with someone who's in a similar family situation, which was the source of their anxiety. They wanted to work with someone who truly understood what it was like to be in their shoes. In other words, irrespective of your skills and experience and track record, your life experience creates trust, rapport and relationship with the people that might work with you. And as you know, there are critical ingredients for a successful coaching relationship. Secondly, role modelling is a powerful way to help people develop hope and belief that they can do it too. And this is more relevant if you've been on the client's journey. So the first part is about building rapport and trust. And the second part is hope, belief and inspiration. I'd like to tell you about a concept that I call the Roger Bannister effect. You may have heard me mention this. Roger Bannister was the first man in the world to run a mile in under a minute. Nobody had done it until he did it. And then as soon as he did it, within weeks, hundreds of other people started breaking the one-minute mile record. What an interesting phenomenon, eh? It just goes to show you that by being a role model and leading by example, you raise the hope and belief and capacity of others to do the same and achieve the same things you have. And Roger Bannister proved that. Nobody could run a mile in under a minute until he did it. And then the floodgates opened. There's something really powerful in that. So the message is that there's an incredible amount of value and trust that you can generate when you have walked a mile in someone's shoes. You inspire them, you light them up and you give them hope. And those are the important ingredients of success. So there's a lot of value in sharing your story and looking for people who are struggling on the same path. It may be more important to your audience than your experience and reputation. And that leads me to the third point, personality. You might think, well, what's the value of my personality? But let me say this is super important. There is nobody in the world like you. If 10 people were in a room and they all sold exactly the same service, how would you decide which person to buy from? I'm sure if you're anything like me, you would find the one who's similar to you in values and experience and age. And even then, you might want to have a coaching relationship which is much more personal with somebody who has a similar or complementary personality. So at the surface, you might see, oh, they look kind of like my age group and like they might have the same sorts of background and family, but you actually want to get to know somebody before you sign up to make sure they're the right personality. 
I've worked with a lot of different coaches and I've trained a lot of different coaches. And for me, if I'm choosing someone I want to work with to be coached, to coach me, I am incredibly fussy. I'm really particular about working with people who are a good personality fit. I want people who are direct, honest, succinct, good listeners, and don't assume anything about who I am, who let me speak and they don't try to manipulate or direct me in any way. No bravado, just lowbrow, easygoing, conversational and honest. Maybe I'm fussy, but I think I'm just discerning. I'm really clear on the kind of person I like to work with. And if there are any bugs or niggles in that relationship, I've found through experience, it is a block for me to get the most out of working with them. I feel more resentful about the mismatch and that distracts me from actually doing the coaching work. I'm interested to know if you feel the same. On the flip side, when I find the right person, we bounce off each other. We speak the same language. I feel comfortable. I feel safe. I feel like I can trust them. I know that they'll get me and give me the space I need to do the work I need to do in the coaching session. So consider that finding someone you truly resonate with is really, really valuable because it removes any obstacles or distractions from success. So there is so much value in your personality. You are unique and you have things in common and values that are going to be really appealing to other people. So let's wrap this up into some work that you can do in identifying your value. I think your work now is to think about the three areas I've spoken about. There's your work experience and skill, there's your life experience, and there is your personality. Maybe get a piece of paper and draw three columns or write three sections. Reflect on those three areas of your life and come up with a list of your traits and skills that other people would value. Because it's a skill gap they have, because it's a result that they want that you've achieved, or that it's an amazing personality that makes it easier to work with you over somebody else. Start thinking of it that way. And any trained coach can coach, but it's these important elements that make you stand out, offer incredible value and drive someone's decision to choose you, possibly way more than your experience or track record. So to wrap this episode up, let's summarize what we covered today. The problem is that new coaches often lack a sense of value. They don't have any experience or many success stories. And today I invited you to think about things from a different point of view. I invite you to think about and document all of your strengths and skills from past careers, your life experience, and what's great about you as a person. Document them all and summarize it into a couple of concise sentences that truly communicate the value of how you work with people. It's these less tangible and more value-based elements that make you very appealing to your prospective audience. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm on the road at the moment, traveling from Canberra to Perth in the middle of a COVID and bushfire season, and I'm looking forward to seeing my family. I hope all is well with you and that you're safe and happy, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care and bye for now.